And once we get that right, which is for me the most important thing, that they have, first of all, respect. The second one is commitment. The third one, passion. Those three ingredients are non-negotiable. Welcome into the Non-Negotiables podcast. I'm Gavin and I'm here tonight with Pascal. How are you doing, mate? How are you, man? It's been a while. Um, I've, uh, I need to just re, you know, get, my, get my head into focus on how to do a podcast again. So you're going to need to guide me through this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it has, it has been a while since you've been on for sure. So you've been, you've been all right, though? Been keeping well? Been good, man. Been good. I had the mum in town. So, you know, when the mum comes, you, um, you kind of morph into... Um, a guide, you know, a confidant, a uh, restaurant connoisseur. So, um, so I've been trying to do all of that in this week that she's been here. So it's been, um, been good though. Nice. She left now. She has left. You know what she asked me before she arrived? Go on. Do I have towels? Oh, that's a very mum question to ask. <laughs> that and that and have you been eating enough? Is a, a, a very mum question. That is very very mum question. Luckily, I I was able to uh, answer both quite successfully. <laughs> well, that's good that's good so you missed all the uh you missed all the fun with uh with all the var stuff at newcastle not you missed it but you missed the podcast afterwards talking about it um so i gather i didn't watch it but i gather there's been another var cock up tonight in the uh, liverpool game liverpool got beaten by toulouse in the europa league and there was a, a last minute leveler that got ruled out that shouldn't have been uh mm. I don't know how much you saw of the United game yesterday. I haven't seen too much of it and I, I've not seen any slow motion replays, but the Rashford sending off to me looked kind of ridiculous. Um, I know some people said it looked worse in slow motion. I haven't had that view. I just saw it in real time when they played it again. Um, past this this VAR stuff, because you didn't have your talk on it last time. Um, is it getting worse or are we noticing it more? Because it seems to be every single competition and every single day now yeah it's a, it's a, that's a really good question actually um <clears throat> i think it's getting worse um i think we're seeing over interference um i i don't know uh, you know people correct me if i'm wrong if that was the case when it first came on the scene but uh, i i just seem especially speaking from a premier league standpoint it's got worse since webs come which is some feat i have to say because it was terrible before he came but i've you do feel um, that there is, I think the Liverpool example to that, I did not see it, but apparently it's referring to a handball that was way before the goal. Um, yeah, and apparently the handball itself was questionable. Again, I haven't seen it, but it was apparently a chest control where it might have brushed right. the top of his arm. So this is this is the point where it becomes over-interference. Like, why are you intervening, intervening so far down the road of an incident way before the goal? Um and um, the, the the Man United one, um, I mean, I, I my argument would be he was consistently shit. Uh, the whole thing was consistently shit. It wasn't like it favoured Copenhagen or it favoured Man United. All the decisions, uh, the the um, uh, the penalty for Man United was very questionable. Um, again, Copenhagen's ref- Copenhagen's one was as well. I mean, they were both mm. they were very similar penalties. Actually, I've seen both of those. In- yeah. And they were very similar penalties. It's the one where it just hits the arm, like Saliba at, at Stamford Bridge, really. Absolutely. Ball Absolutely. just hits the arm. There's not really anything you can do with it. And the ref has not 
obviously was was right there to see it, but didn't deem it as that um, as as, as this a penalty. Is, Pash, this is part of the rule changes that have come in for VAR, though, right? Because what they're yeah. trying to do, because we've said this before, I, I don't believe that VAR can ever work in football. I don't think it can work because the game doesn't stop, and I don't right. think it can work because so many of the laws are subjective. And it seems like what they've tried to do is take the subjectivity out of everything and make everything more binary. It is or it isn't. And I think this handball law that's kind of confusing everybody now is a direct result of that, trying to make it basically a simple yes or no, rather than allowing some sort of common sense where, well, that man's got an arm, so it has to be somewhere. Yeah, it it, it really is. Um, I, I think there's some underlying massive issues that that they're going to have to so I and mean, we, we've obviously talked about it more being in the Premier League but I think we've just seen now in Europe no one's escaping either um I I I, I just run out of words to say because it, it it's it, it's like you've always mentioned the uh the over interference that they have on certain off of certain on-field decisions that they do not need to interfere in and they they're actually ruining it in that respect. Um, I get it after a goal goes in, sometimes you want to review certain moments in it. But I guess the Rashford one, he saw it. He saw it in live time. He didn't deem it as bad as what it was because we don't have the privilege of slow-mo. Yeah, we saw the slow-mo. It did look worse uh, on the slow-mo. But you've also got to look at what was... He wasn't... His eyes weren't even on the player. It, it, it just for me was a yellow and it looked when you look at it in real time it looks a yellow um anything looks bad in slow-mo I think the whole just the whole process the whole approach looks terrible at the moment it is being implemented horribly um but my problem at the moment is that they're never going to get I don't see they're ever going to get rid of it it's just how do you refine it within a a respectable level that can at least keep some part of the emotion in the game and less interference in it For anything to be done, do we have to come together as such? Because, look, after the Newcastle game at the uh, the weekend, everyone liked to have a good laugh at us and they thought it was great. Mm. Then after the United game in the week, we all had a laugh at them and we thought it was funny. When it happened to Liverpool at Tottenham, we thought that was hilarious too, other than the fact that it benefited Spurs, obviously. But... You know, at the end of the day, if all we do is laugh at the teams who are wronged by this, it's just going to continue to happen, right? Because no one is pushing for change. They're all just... I mean, let's be fair, and and this is a fact, and I don't care what anybody says. All this talk about we just want decisions to be right is bollocks, right? It's utter bollocks. What we want is decisions to go our way. And I think that that is part of the problem here where we're not going to get to a solution because I don't ever see a day where the clubs and the fans are united. And I think they can stop this. They, you know, the fans and the clubs, the fans force the suit, force the clubs to stop the Super League. I think mm. you could stop VAR if you wanted to do this, but I don't think we're ever going to get to a point where we're all in it together enough for anything major to happen. I think this is just going to carry on, carry on. PGMO are going to make more empty promises and more apologies. And we're all just going to roll on till the next time. No, no, you make a really, that's a really, really good point. Um, we've seen over the last few weeks how tribal football is. Um, uh, you know, uh, even managers. I mean, Arteta, after the Liverpool game, 
and the Liverpool debacle was saying, you know, was trying to keep it as neutral as possible and say, you know, they're human beings, they make mistakes, blah, blah, blah. I'm paraphrasing, obviously. Then when it happens to us, he comes out and says they're a disgrace. This shouldn't be happening, et cetera, et cetera. He's tired of it. So even the managers themselves are not on the same page. It, it really is on when they're affected directly about it. And I think that's where one thing has to stop, where they have to get together and um, find ways of, you know, pushing um, uh, PGMLO to um, PGMOL uh, to... Um, uh, to make changes, but also I think as fans, um, there has to be a little bit more unity on the subject. There are some people I've seen online that are very consistent about VAR, irrespective of who the team is. But I know as fans, sometimes we will only see it when our team's affected. But there has to be a collective uh, approach to it. Otherwise, we don't really get much done, I don't think. Yeah, I, I, I mean, like I said, I just... I don't see this changing. I think he's just going to carry on. And, um, you know, at the end of the day, maybe we'll be on the right side of one of these eventually. Yeah. <laughs> uh, one day, maybe. We'll see. <laughs> maybe. maybe. Yeah. So <laughs> we the, other bit, the other bit of news in the wider world, pass is uh, mm. an emergency meeting has been called um, between the Premier League clubs and they're looking to ban loan deals between clubs with the same owners. And this is quite clearly a reaction to... Newcastle, it's clearly a reaction to the fact that, Ru- that Newcastle were going to loan Ruben Neves in January um, because Tonali obviously is out long term. That would have been an interesting call. I, I'm guessing, again, you'd have uh, the owner of Newcastle calling himself from his office phone to his cell phone <laughs> to ask for permission. Uh, permission would be granted, I would imagine, in that, that scenario. Um, yeah. And uh, yeah, and that would go through. So there's been an emergency emergency meeting call where they're going to change it. I think it's the right outcome with the wrong process. Do you know what I mean? Like there's 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 deeper problems than just stopping Newcastle from loaning Ruben Neves here. Obviously, the nation ownership should never have been allowed in the first place, but now it is. There's more things that have got to go into place rather than just worrying about this one thing, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The the it's like you 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 know the um the fact that they're owned by um a state a nation is is probably the big big issue there um there there has to be more done in in that aspect of things i think what we're seeing is um also with city city obviously um have got away with a a shitload of stuff so maybe newcastle now coming into this are finding it a little bit more difficult to do it because city have got away with it and now they're implementing certain things hence the charges as well that they have on city so there there's a lot of i think um there's a lot of kind of observation onto what's going to happen next because I think the the charge with City as pessimistic as we might be about it if something does materialize it's going to set a precedence in terms of how um, teams can operate but I mean that's a start with the loan Um, I mean the audacity to do it is incredible Um, but you know it's uh, we, we we can't be surprised by all of this and also you know, these transfer dealings um, that certain clubs benefited from Saudi Arabia, it was certain clubs specifically that benefited for it. And you have to also question why that was. Well, um, I can tell you, I can tell you why it was, why it was, because mm. they own Newcastle. So they pumped some money into Newcastle and took Alan St. Maximan in the process, who wasn't getting a game. And they own a huge portion or certainly a portion of Clear Lake who own Chelsea. 
So they took a load. Yeah. Like, let's be fair. This isn't hard. They're not. This this isn't like anyone's trying to hide anything here. I'm not telling anyone anything that's news. Um, that is what it is. The clubs with the relationships in Saudi are the ones that got the Saudi cash. And it, it's 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 kind of like playing football manager, really. You know, when you would um, when you would own a few clubs, <laughs> you yeah. start you'd, you'd you know start manipulating up, yeah. the transfer market. It's a bit like that because some of those transfers were quite ridiculous ridiculous amounts and it's in our very eyes uh in front of us in our very eyes so i i i do feel there is something i i do notice with newcastle um they haven't they seem to be i mean i might be wrong there's other things going on behind the scenes but at least with their transfers they've been relatively contained um if you compare them to when city first came on the scene um, so, you know, yeah, they got Tonali in, they've had Isaac and they've had a few, but it hasn't been as ridiculous as perhaps when City first or when Abramovich first came here and uh, into the Premier League and stuff. So maybe that has got something to do with potentially FPL working, um, FFP, I should say, working or the pressures around them. They they know that the scrutiny is 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 going to be whatever they do. There's a lot of scrutiny. I don't know, but um, and I, 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 I'm not. I'm, let me put it this: way, I'm more pessimistic about what's happening than uh, than optimistic. Yeah, that's a that's a fair way to put it. All right, well let's let's get on to the game pass from uh, from the other night, the severe game. Yeah. Um, I know we had kind of a little bit different opinions on this. Mm. I agree with you that we didn't create too much, but I actually thought we played quite well. Um, I thought we controlled the game from start to finish I thought it was a it was a simple game I I mean you're about to talk on Sevilla I'm sure but I, I don't personally I don't think Sevilla were any better than Sheffield United the week before I think yeah. that's kind of yeah, the level point. of team that you're looking at and I believe they're right down the table in La Liga as well um, which is obviously that would a make sense weaker league than the Premier League so I think Sevilla are, they're a poor side there's there's no getting around it um but what did what did you what did you make of the game on Wednesday no, no, I'm, I'm, I'm in 100% agreement. We dominated. Um, I think, you know, considering we have injuries as well, we had to kind of make a few adjustments there. Um, but we played our game. Uh, Rice was s- superb again in that midfield. Um, our passing was pretty crisp. Kas- Saka had one of his superb matches. Um, I just, maybe my only thing was, is I don't think, I still thought even at 1-0, there was a doubt that we could get hit by a sucker punch. And even though you have all that domination and all that um, and all those shots, you know, it wasn't like massive chances, but there were more shots, obviously, domination on the ball, possession, everything. There was still that inkling feeling they could steal uh, a goal from a corner or something. And that was mainly because I didn't feel we were that penetrative in front of goal. Um, you know, well, that's the, that's but, what I text you just after half time, wasn't it? This yeah. is this is that sort of game where that's you it. can see one stupid mistake on the halfway line, and all yeah. of a sudden it's one one, and everyone loses their shit. Yeah, and 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 that can only happen when you're not when you're seeing the game when you're not seeing a clinical team or you're not seeing a team that is particularly penetrative as we would have want them to see. But uh, you know, credit to them. I think one thing we're noticing this season is maybe our football is not as expressive perhaps as it was last season, but we are better defensively, I think. And that's obviously, we know with Rice, but Saliba back in there, Gabriel, really, we are, even against Newcastle, it was such a shit goal they scored. It was just an absolute 
farce, that goal itself. But we were really, I thought we were really, um, particularly defence, have been very impressive. Man City as well. Um, and yes, they, maybe I'm not, maybe because we're so used to, in the past, being hit by those opportunist goals um, after dominating a game, that there's still that thing in the back of our mind. But maybe I should be given a bit more have a bit more faith in that defensive unit that we have because we do, do seem to be a lot more cohesive defensively than uh, than I've seen for a long time. Yeah, we're definitely not as susceptible to stuff no. like that. My my worry is we're back to living on the margins again. Yeah. A lot of one goal games and and tight games that not tight games in terms of the way the games are playing out but tight games in terms of the score. Like at Newcastle, I I don't think anyone can claim that Newcastle deserved to win that game. I thought we dominated that game too. But at the same time, it's not like we were missing chance after chance. We just weren't no. creating anything. And I, I think when you are when you are turning in performances like that, eventually you are going to get caught. And we did get caught. You know, it, it's just one referee and blunder, one, well, it's more than one actually. But you, you know what I mean? Like you're, you're allowing them to, you're allowing them to decide a game, which really you should have put away yourself a mm. long time before. Um, I thought Bukayo Saka had a much better game last night. He's been a little bit off for uh, for a few weeks, but I, I thought he was actually pretty good. Goal, even taking apart the goal, um, I thought he was he was bright. Um, Martinelli was obviously fantastic on the other side. Yeah, Martinelli was really lively. I mean, the only thing you could you maybe don't want to blame it to her, but maybe it was just the uh, the end product um, in terms of uh, it was so many times he got the he got into that great sort of weird why defenders didn't read what he was about to do. I mean, we could all read that it was going down the byline. Yeah. So I, I don't know why. It was like it was deja vu every time we'd watch him play. Um, but then he would go to the byline and then maybe just picking out a player um, was letting him down a bit. Um, but um, but definitely was what we wanted more from our wings, which we haven't seen as much of. Um, Saka, Saka, I thought, was very impressive. I thought his goal was taken well. Again, you've got to question the defender knowing that Nine times out of ten, he shifts it onto his left foot. So I don't know why he was surprised when he uh, turned him in. But um, it's um, I I I I was impressed with them on the wings, and I think it's you know let let's put it this way: this is a game that we we needed to win, and we um, we sh- were expected to win. Um, and then you go to Burnley, and then you have a break. So in a way, we're well, I'm kind of pleased with what we have lined up. Um, so we don't necessarily have to have a full team for these particular matches. We should be good enough to beat them, um, and then uh, hopefully, you know, get a get more personnel towards the bigger matches. And we've really seized control of this group now because yeah. I mean, it's yeah. Lons at home next. If we can, if we can win that, that's job done. That's the group one. The game, the game in Eindhoven doesn't matter, which is exactly what we've been saying all the way along. Is what we wanted. It is a shame that we gave that stupid three points away in uh, in Lons. But if mm. we can, if we can put them away at the Emirates, which we should be able to do, then it becomes uh, well. It's done. It's job done at that point. Yeah, yeah, and I, I'll be delighted with that because I think, uh, it, not not to go into hypotheticals, but I think even if we draw against Lons and PSV aren't able to win, we've qualified yeah. top. So I, I, and PSV are terrible away from home. I can see Sevilla probably beating them, if not drawing at least. Um, so I, I, we just need to really avoid defeat against Lons, but I would want to go for the win. And that leaves you in a good position for the last Champions League game to hopefully Mikel will rest players 
Uh, you don't have a League Cup to worry about anymore. Um, we've got a big game against Liverpool on the 23rd, which I know all our eyes are on. And then we've got some difficult Brentford away, etc. So I think getting that game and qualifying top um, is a nice return to the Champions League. Yes, we were expected to finish top. But, you know, in, in yesteryear, we've seen us really cock up and botch up a group that has got inferior opposition. So to do what we were expecting us to do is always good. And um, and qualifying top be could be just one or two English teams to get into the next round, which is pretty remarkable. Um, and, and finishing I think... top of a group with a game to go past. I, I don't care if it's not the strongest group in the world. Yeah. That's still impressive. With a game to it go is. to be top. Not not just get through, but to actually have secured top spot with a game to go. That That's, a, that's an achievement. It is, it is, and we, we're not we're not used to that because, I, I in especially in the last not not I'm not talking under the the I mean, even sometimes under the days of Henri and Vieira, but um, especially towards the latter part of the years, we're in the Champions League. We were just treading water, really. We we would majority of the time finish second in the group. Yeah, that's why we kept getting fucked by Barcelona and exactly. Bayern in the round of sixteen. That's it, and I, I think this year we were the strongest team in the group on paper. We we came in and um, we we to to finish top with with a game left so we can rest players and hopefully get a an easier team in the next round. Uh, we 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 couldn't argue anymore with that. I'm I'm pleased with it and I'm pleased with the way we performed in the Champions League to win away to Sevilla. We needed to really get one away victory in that and win all our home. That was really the the objective and to beat them away, I think shows how how important that victory was. Yeah, and you know, like you said, we we are going to avoid some of the bigger teams. Bayern Munich are going to finish top of their group, so we'll avoid yeah. them. Obviously, we weren't going to be able to draw Manchester City anyway. Um, Real Madrid awesome. are going to be top of yeah. their group, so we're going to avoid that. Barcelona are probably going to top their group. I think they're sitting top right now, so we'll avoid them. So, you know, it is it is nice to it is nice to know you're going to go into that round of sixteen tie with with a, a winnable game. Um, I mean, mm. I think they're all winnable. I've got to be honest with you. I've said this before. I, I think that I think that Man City, you don't want Man City, obviously. And I think Real Madrid have some kind of hoodoo in this competition. But I don't fear anybody else outside of those two. I think that they would be games where you look at and you think, uh, not sure we'd be favourites over two legs against them. Um, but everyone else, I think we would we would probably be favourites for, right? Yeah, I mean, we, I think we were uh, third favourites by the bookies, if memory serves me correct. So it was third or fourth, wasn't it? I know, yeah. I know so Man you know, City we are. And, and yeah, we are rated highly in in the Champions League. You think outside of Bayern, Real, and um, and uh, Man City, um, like you said, I mean, I don't think PSG are a cohesive unit. Um, I, I, Borussia, I think, are a pretty pretty exciting team, but you know, I I, I think that it's beatable for sure. Uh, Inter Milan, I don't really rate the Italian teams. Maybe Napoli is pretty decent, but I don't think they're, I think they're a bit of a facade, really. Um, so I, I I think we're in really good shape. And, it, and listen, we go into this season, we were excited about the Champions League. You've got to put the Champions League and the league as the two important trophies that we want to get something from. from. So uh, to go into uh, Christmas time, top of that league and then being looking forward to the next rounds uh, i'm i'm really excited about it and uh, i i i do feel we we're pretty made for the champions league in the way that we're defending in the way that we we're, we're looking a lot a little bit more conservative but i think that's what you need in the champions league you can't be going gung ho you can't be too expansive 
you can't be doing an Ange and and doing you know a high line all the time. Um, and um, I I'm I, I'm so glad to see players like Saliba in the Champions League because I I think those type of players are made for it. Rice too. I think it's just great to see them in the the, the best competition, European competition we have. Yeah, we've got some injury problems at the minute. Um, yeah. I mean, the latest one is that, that Part A is going to be out until New Year. Is I, that I the latest? Or <laughs> is that something yeah, we already right. know? <laughs> yeah, so I don't think anyone's surprised by that. The Jesus it's just one, in time for the African nations, though, Gav. Yeah, and, and then he'll still... come back injured again. Um, yeah. the, the, the Jesus one is 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 a bit weird. I don't know if you've, if you've been keeping up on this, but basically the Brazil manager said that after we told him that Martinelli was injured and they didn't put him in the last squad, and then we played him at the weekend, they basically said that they don't trust us. And they have said that they want Gabriel Jesus on a plane to Brazil, regardless of whether he plays against Burnley or not, because they want their staff to look at him because they don't trust us, and that's why he was named in the squad. This is an unfortunate situation that Edu needs to really figure out, because Jesus Clearly, he's injured. He's not going to play against Burnley. We cannot have him flying out to Brazil, even if it's just to go and get looked at by a doctor and sent back again. No, no, I, I agree with that. And um, I I do worry about Jesus a bit because um, I feel he's another player that three, four games... Well, and he's one of the it. ones we can't do without as well, isn't he? I mean, if you it, look, we've got is. players that we can't lose. You know, Saliba, I think... Partey is now no longer on that list, fortunately, because we've got Declan Rice. But Declan Rice is obviously on that list now. Mm. And I think Jesus is another one that's really high on that we cannot lose you um, list because we are, we saw it at Newcastle, we are toothless without Jesus, really. I know Trossard had a decent game last night, but he was playing against, let's be fair, a pretty poor team. Um, and I was glad to see him have a good game because I don't think he's had a very good season at all so far. Um, but we we miss Jesus badly when he's out. But the problem is, is that since he's arrived, I'd love to see the statistics. There's been a, lo- a, a shitload of games that we've, we've had to play without him. Yeah. Um, you know, whether it being uh, after he comes after summer, he's out injured, uh, as we saw in the World Cup, out injured. Uh, he, and he's never really uh, a week or two. It's it's quite long term injuries that we seem to have to deal with with him. And absolutely, we're a different team when he plays. The problem is, I, I really would like to know how many times have we played with him and how many times we played without him because it does seem we play without him a lot more. Uh, and and it probably explains why Arteta was taking so long to embed him in the team when he came back because he does seem to just get injuries a lot easier than others um and and it is a concern it probably is reason why there is strong talk of us going into the transfer market to get a striker um because i don't think we can rely on him as a as a regular for the team and we know as much as i like eddie he is not really the replacement you'd want consistently playing when jesus is not available um and at the moment we don't even have him um, so well, yeah. that's what I was going to say. I mean, Eddie's injured as well now. Yeah. Um, I have no, I don't know if you've heard, but I've still heard absolutely nothing about what it is, how long it's going to be. Was it just a one game thing? Is he going to be back for the Burnley game? I, I've heard nothing about it at all. ESR the same. We don't know. Uh, we, 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 it, sometimes we're very, uh, Arteta is very coy about injuries and I, I get it. Mm-hmm. I think sometimes it's about, um, not giving too much away to the opposition team. Um, but you know we're playing Burnley next, so I mean, 
I don't think there's going to be that. You don't have to be too discreet about uh, what we have lined up there. It's just, it's just been a bit worrying about the amount of injuries. And I thought it was going to come, to be honest, because I think it's affecting every team. It could something to do with these long uh, minutes that are added on, the amount of games they're playing internationally. But you can see Liverpool are going through it. Man United definitely are going through it. Newcastle now are going through it. Only City really are kind of avoiding it, but that's because they have two two teams. Um, and now we're starting to feel it as well. And um, it's not, unfortunately, one-week injuries. We're, we're talking three, four weeks um, for players to be out. So it is a slight concern because, like you said, we lose Rice or we lose Saliba a, a, again. Um, and we, we, we're hearing that Tommy Asu went off with a with a knock as an injury as well. So we yeah. don't know how how. So it, it is it is worrying, man. And um, now we've got the international break. I just really hope I don't have any faith in what Southgate does. But they've already qualified, so I just hope there's some common sense in in the use of uh, Rice and Saka and Martin Odegaard as well. I mean, I'm kind yeah. of almost uh, almost hoping Odegaard doesn't make the squad for. Saturday, because if he doesn't make the squad for Saturday, it makes it more likely he won't go away with Norway. Because um, you know Martin Odegaard is obviously playing every minute of every game when he's with with Norway. Because mm-hmm. we don't, it's another one. We don't even know what that injury is. Um, we know, I think it was a hip injury, is what they said it was that he's been carrying. Um, not, I, I thought it was. I thought it might have been leftovers from the the uh, the tackle by Kovacic straight down the back of his Achilles, but apparently it's not that. But the Norwegian manager was definitely not sounding very optimistic when he was talking about him. And he's obviously going to have more more knowledge of the situation than us. So, yeah, I'm kind of hoping Odegaard doesn't play on Saturday. Yeah, me, uh, I, that's a really good point. And, it, uh, you know, I know we, we're not really doing a preview of the Burnley game. But if I if if it, if it was my ideal situation, if Saka's not available on, on Saturday... I'd rather him not be available either because I'm sure you can still play Reese Nelson against Burnley. You can, um, obviously, as we had a Martinelli who who can play, um, Trossard in the middle. You've got Havertz who who played better than usual. Um, not saying much, but it was better than usual. Yeah, I was, I was going to bring that up. I mean, it didn't start that great for him with that uh, attempted header, which kind of had us laughing a little bit. I missed um, that actually. I then did he, miss he, that. He, it was uh, it was amusing. Um and then yeah. he nearly hit the roof with another shot. But he did get better as the game went on. Um he was very unlucky with the one that he called just wide, um, that would have been an absolutely fantastic goal towards the end. But he, he was better, I thought. Um I just I, I said this to, to you and Judge in the group, right? My my problem my worry with Havertz is that he doesn't do anything with purpose, right? His passes are all timid. His shots tend to be timid. He doesn't run with the ball Mm. like he looks like he's going anywhere. It really, and I understand people say it's a confidence thing and it kind of, you can kind of explain it that way because everything he does seems to be done with the aim of getting rid of the ball as fast as possible and just not making a mistake. And it's causing him to under-hit passes. He puts people in trouble with under-hit passes. Someone is going to get injured with one of them under-hit uh-huh. passes that he does that they have to come out and stretch for. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm with you with that. And, and I think I mentioned something along those lines as well. It just looks like he's not... It, there is an intent sometimes. It just seems very... I know he's very languid. His, his body frame doesn't help him because he looks like he's like lazy and I know he's not lazy he's a hard working player but it just gives that impression and then when he 
when he has the ball, like his shots seem feeble. Yeah. Um, you know, it's 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 it, it is a worry for me. I think you know we do get absorbed a lot by price tags, but uh, you know what else can you think when you've spent such an awful amount of money on someone and that's really what they're delivering? It's not for me. It's way off what we should be expecting from him. So, but I did get encouraged by the performance against Sevilla because it was better than what we've seen before. He wasn't disappearing. He was still there. So I think, like I said, I think Burnley's a perfect game to be going into after this European with the players that we have um, and um, and still being able to come away with a victory. You know what? You know what struck me? Um, I thought Havertz definitely had his best game and I thought he looked better coming from the right-hand side of the pitch rather than yeah. the left-hand side of the pitch. Yeah. And I'm just wondering if there's any thought in Arteta's mind to maybe switching Erdegaard and Havertz around. So Erdegaard starts to play on the left-hand side and Havertz is more to the right, just to see if maybe you can get a different tune out of him that way. It's possible. It really is. I mean, I I would not... I definitely haven't given up on Havertz. I, I, I know the manager definitely hasn't. But I think if you contrast it with Mount, I would have given up. Because that has just been uh, the reason I mentioned both of them is because they both came from Chelsea the same time and one's gone to another club. Um, and um, I, I think there is comparisons they make between the two. But I think Harvard's, you can, I think he's trying to figure out what will work best with him. You know, there's something there. It's not as if he's totally useless. It's just we're not seeing it. But maybe that's what he does have in mind. I'm sure he's just thinking of all ways to incorporate him into the team with a little bit more effect, because one thing we have to be seeing more of is assists and goals, or at least some form of contribution towards a goal um, from him, rather than just tracking back and tackling, because that's not really what it was brought to do. Well, and some of them Martinelli cutbacks that we said about that didn't look great, I mean, they're the sort of cutbacks that Martin Odegaard gets on the end of on the right-hand side of the pod and buries quite regularly. Um, Yeah. And we didn't see that with Havertz. And again, it's the intent thing. He doesn't seem to crash the box like someone with a real desire to score a goal or maybe maybe more apt is to say he doesn't crash the box with someone with the belief that he's going to get in there and score a goal. And I think that's the, that's the key, Gav. I think it's it's confidence and belief. I, I, I think this guy's devoid of it. Um, it was always a risk bringing him in because of his his time at Chelsea, which is so... You'd probably say, barring the Champions League, very it's not a very memorable one, is it? Um, so, you know, this is a guy that that has a lot to to recover on, confidence and belief. And I feel if there's anyone that can achieve that is Arteta. He has improved players. I think, you know, we can say that with a lot of those yeah. players in that team, he's improved them. So I, I still have belief in this guy. I still feel that there must have been something. I probably, if if I could rewind the clock... And even at the time, it wouldn't have been who I would have wanted us to buy. But um, he's there. And I, I know you're not a big Jorginho fan, and I don't mean to mention, but if you look at him, he hasn't been terrible for us. I think Arteta has brought out at least a player that can contribute. And we've needed that at this moment in time because we have no party. We have no ESR. We have, you know, Vieira is in and out. He's not in that position. So he has been... By the way, um, did you see Rice's comments after the game? I thought they were fantastic. Did you see his interview? Uh, no, I didn't. 
really good. He says he obviously prefers the six role, um, but um, he says that he does like the eight. It's just when he gets to a certain point when running, he gets a little bit uncertain what to do because it's all, he gets a bit excited, he said. It was a really good interview. He comes across really well, actually. I really like him. Well, I think it might be beneficial, you know, in playing the eight. I, I don't think it's where his long-term future with us is. I think he's no. going to be the six. He's playing there at the minute because he has to. Um, but I think that's going to be beneficial to him. It's going to make him a better player. We've already seen him getting better week by week. We've said it how God knows how many times about the the, the ceiling. He's just out. He's, he's just astounding how high the ceiling is with him. And I think this is all going to go towards it. You remember when Arsene Wenger used to collect tens and just play them out wide because he always said, "Well, you start out wide and you become a better player before you move inside." Yeah, and I think with Rice, where we demand a little bit more from that six than a lot of teams do, it's not just a destroyer. It's not just it's not it's not just a, just a defensive wall for us. It's someone that actually kickstarts everything going. And that was always the part yeah. of Rice's game that he had to bring on. And I think this might help him do it, this little spell moving further forward. Yeah, and I I'm I'm I don't I like I like him as an eight. I don't mind him there. I think he's just that good a player that he Well, I think he's been pick. brilliant the last two games there too. Newcastle and Severe, I thought he's he's been fantastic. Fantastic. He, he's very dynamic, he's incredibly fit. Um, he's strong. Um, and I think it, he's right. Obviously, when he does get to the final third, sometimes he does, he's he's more of someone who breaks up play rather than create the play. But it, he is, I think, can get better at it. He's such a smart footballer. You can't, you, like you said, there is still more, there's still more of a ceiling for him to achieve. So that could definitely be something that he can do. I, I'm, I'm just really pleased that... Um, that we have him. We, he he has been probably the reason why we are where we are and still have not played particularly well. It's really, he's got a lot to do with that in that midfield. Yeah. And it was a, it was a great result for us on Wednesday night again. Um, and hopefully we can turn in another good performance on Saturday. And then everything that looked so bad last week won't look so bad yeah. anymore. Um, Chelsea, Man City, Sunday, Hopefully, Man City don't win that. A draw would be perfectly fine. Um, Spurs are obviously not. missing a load of players now. I don't really care. I, yeah, I've no, I've no hopes for Chelsea to be honest. No, I, I don't. Were, I thought they were they abysmal, abysmal against Spurs. Yeah, yeah they, 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 they were, were terrible. They they should have they should have had double figures in that game. Now an awful awful side this Chelsea team. For yeah. Sure. So okay, mate. All right. Well, thanks a lot. We we'll see. We might be able to get back on before the Burnley game for a quick preview. We might not. If we don't, then we'll see you all. Uh, on Monday when we when we wrap up. So Paz, thank you very Perfect. much for tonight. I'm glad your mum had t- had fun while she was in town. And uh, well, purportedly go and she in had fun. That she left for you. Yeah, purportedly she had fun. Gav, she might be <laughs> saying something else to someone else, but I thought she did. <laughs> well, that's good. That's good. All right, mate. Well, you have a good night, and we will catch up soon. Cheers, mate. Thank good you. Bye bye.